Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. We're the only guests still here. How long are we going to stay here? I don't know. No flights anyway. Mm-hmm. They're telling everyone to stay put. Blackouts happen every night at 10. To the strangest honeymoon ever. To the best honeymoon ever. Yes. I thought we were the only people here. We are. staring at the phone and then the phone rang mm-hmm. and she answered housekeeping doesn't sound that weird to me Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 369. Out now on digital is Shelter in Place, a psychological horror thriller that stars Brendan Hyde and Tatiana Marianovich as a newly married, married couple quarantined in the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. As cabin fever sets in and tensions rise, soon these couple are faced with a very real danger within the walls that are supposed to keep them safe. A well-crafted and performed horror thriller, Shelter in Place also marks the feature film directorial debuts of Chris Beiruti and Connor Martin, who I'm glad to say join me now on the podcast. I thank you both very much for joining me today, Christopher and Connor. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So, Christopher, from what I can gather, um, Shelter in Place came together pretty fast. Um, I'm curious, when did you and Connor really come up with the idea for this film? Was the concept for it kicking around for a while? Was this something of a more recent idea? So this was something that I was approached by our fearless producer, Jonathan Comack-Martin, in weeks preceding the actual production of the film uh, with a wild idea that, hey, we have full access to this story at Hollywood Hotel. What would it look like for you and Connor to put your heads together and come up with a concept that we could shoot on the fly Um, 14 days from now before the um, restrictions are lifted. Mm. So from from the day that we got that phone call until the day we were shooting was 13 days. Um, So the the conception came on the first day when we were kicking around some ideas um, based on there was a a couple in the Maldives who had a similar experience. Uh, And you have to remember that this was happening as um, the COVID lockdowns were more or less unfolding. So Everything you see in the film was shot in real time 
Um, so as the characters were experiencing these things, so were Connor and I, as well as the crew and the, and the rest of the cast as well. And the rest mm-hmm. of the world. And the rest of the world. Um, so it was, it was a, a creative challenge. Um, one of our favorite fun facts about the film is that it's generally, from the, I mean, for the most part, is uh, dramatic improvisation. Mm-hmm. We, we ended up shooting off a 15-page outline, uh, and every morning would, would come into set knowing more or less the structure of the, the storyline that we'd like to shoot, but then injecting and uh, with a creative collaboration between Connor, me, and the actors, coming up with dialogue that would fit the mold to, to progress us through to the, the following scene. So um, it, it was a, a, a creative exercise, to say the least, and uh, it, it did really come together quick. So we're, we're happy with what we were able to pull together. Connor, when it comes to the the hotel, so the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, what do you, what do you and Chris know of of the place? Have you been there before? Do you have, uh, for example, I don't know, uh, opportunity to go in there and, and look around and, and get some type of inspiration for the look of it, for the feel of it? And does that fuel the script that you have initially? And do things change when you actually get in there and start filming? Do things like does the vibe of the place kind of change how you approach the screenplay and the characters? Yeah, I mean the, the the hotel itself is is sort of this historic monument in LA. Like it's you know it's so famous. It's it's been quite a few movies before. Mm-hmm. Quite a few famous names have been in and out of its doors uh, throughout history. And I'm actually based in New York, so um, my first time in the hotel itself was I think three days before the first day of shooting. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I, Chris had been in from time to time before that, and. Mm-hmm. and um, and it was just so interesting to kind of get to be completely alone in such a famous monument. And, and the hotel really did grow to almost be a character in and of itself. Yeah. And I, I, I can really say that the, the walls of the hotel, like speak so many stories of Hollywood's past. Oh, yeah. And it's such a, a monument in the Hollywood skyline that, um, the, the fact that we had the opportunity to shoot there was, you know, unparalleled, uh, and what an incredible experience. Kind of when you say completely alone, how, how many, was there anyone in there at all, uh, up beside yourself and, uh, and Chris and, and your, your crew and actors, was there anyone else staying in there? Are you in a section off part of the hotel or do you have this whole thing as your own personal playground? Uh, I, I think save for our small crew, about six or seven people, uh, we were, for the most part, completely alone. There wow. were um, a few members of the hotel staff on security at the time, and in a, in a few sections of the hotel, they were they were remodeling a few sections, um, particularly in the the old entryway, which was kind of covered in all these creepy tarps, which you see see in the film at some point. And then also they were redoing the pool at the time. We had to beg them to not drain the pool until we could shoot out there. Chris, you know, you, this place, the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, is, is very iconic. It, it's very notorious. One of the things it's mm-hmm. notorious for is alleged hauntings that are happening there. So mm-hmm. when you are all in this, you know, hotel, do you come across any experiences in regards to supernatural? Were there, you know, uh, mysterious phone calls supposedly to the hotel operator office without everyone around? around? Do you have any type of experiences like that? So it was crazy. I mean, we had heard rumors of uh, of multiple hauntings. Did our own research into it, and um, that that to us is, was part of the allure. I mean, Connor and I are such aficionados of horror films that 
getting to experience firsthand this stored hotel with all of the um, now deceased celebrities that allegedly haunt the halls, um, we, we had our suspicions. And to a small degree, we had some of those suspicions confirmed when um, we, we, we got a call from one of the hotel staff. Actually, he, he rushed into the room um, besides himself saying, um, come look at this security footage that we just captured. And uh, whether it was just happenstance, I don't know, but we, we went down and looked in one of the storage rooms, the coat room uh, in, in the front of the hotel, we were watching security footage and one of the automatic doors slid open on its own. Hmm. Uh, and then in the storage room in the back, there was a one of those water coolers, the, the big blue jugs over the, the base. And all of a sudden he's like, look at this, look at this. Uh, and we look up and the thing's essentially projectiled across the room, um, water spilling everywhere. And, you know, he, he had no idea what natural cause of that could have been. So, um, some experiences like that, our, our lead actor, Brendan Hines, um, said he experienced a run-in with Johnny Grant up in the, um, Johnny Grant suite, who was deemed the mayor of LA back in the prime of Hollywood. Radio days. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. There was no shortage of actual, you know, apparitions that we would we would argue also helped creatively inspire the film through their whisperings. And you know, when someone's telling a story about weird supernatural happenings, that you know, you're kind of sitting there listening to the story and being like, okay, this is, you know, whatever. This is not true. But yeah, crazy because that is actually yeah, not true. Yeah. The story with the cooler was just yeah so frightening but yeah from our experience they were all friendly ghosts and we would highly recommend you spending spending your your vacation yeah, at the Hollywood Roosevelt <laughs> yeah <laughs> and see for yourself I want to talk about the casting because essentially what you have is a uh, four main cast but the two main characters uh, John and Sarah Burke are played by Brendan Hines and Tatiana Marianovich Tatiana is a fellow Aussie um, appeared mm-hmm. has appeared in a lot of films here and is starting to make a career for herself over in uh, America as well. How do you both come across Brendan and Tatiana? Have you worked with them before? Have you seen their work before? Because uh, I'd imagine that to have this type of project, especially in regards to the improvisational nature and, uh, you know, the resources they have it being an independent production, you want to have um, a cast with you that you can trust and you can know would really hit it out the, out the, out the ballpark, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I've worked with Tatiana in the past, and she is one of the most incredible actresses I've, I've had the experience of working with. Um, she just has such a dynamic range. And the fact that we, in our in our early discussions, we were like, you know, Tatiana, you're you're an Aussie. You can feel free to use your natural accent. We're going to be improvising. And she told us, no, I, I feel confident that um, I could take this to the expert level and not only improvise, but improvise the entire thing. Uh, in an American accent, unnoticed to the to the naked eye. So mm-hmm. um, I think that just speaks testament to her her skill. Um, and then Jonathan, our, our producer, had worked with Brendan before and just had a lovely experience with him on a few indie features. Um, and and so when we reached out to them, we we kind of gave them the premise of what we were trying to do. They both said, "This sounds like an incredible acting exercise, unlike anything we've done before." we'd love the opportunity to creatively collaborate and build this story with you. Um, and that is exactly the case of what happened. So um, yeah, I, I really can't wait. Uh, Tatiana was in a short of mine, uh, a horror short a few years ago. And I, I just can't wait to work with both of them again in the near future. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 
80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. Connor, you know, when people talk like COVID movie, there's a certain um, uh, aesthetic that people are kind of used to right now, particularly you know, characters on screen talking through Zoom or Skype or something like that. And I just want to say to both yourself and Chris, just thank you very much for creating a film that's based on these issues that doesn't feature that element because I'm kind of getting sick myself of of watching people talking on screens in the movie. Um, I love the craft in this film. How how important was it that this movie avoid that kind of thing um, where people are talking on screens, et cetera, even though there's a little bit of that in regards to Sarah's character because she is an influencer, but not to what I'm talking of. How important was it that there is craft in the film and that you avoid what uh, people stereotypically see as what a quote-unquote COVID movie is these days? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely in the early talks of the film. We we knew that what we, we knew what we didn't want. We definitely did not want to do a, a film over zoom even though you know that that's a very creative way to make a film um and there's been some exciting movies in that format uh the host is is one of them um but yeah we 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 approached it knowing that we wanted to make a a true film take our time um with you know a crew setups and uh yeah, I mean, it was just a blast to, to do it in that way. And it was, it grew into something that we're all really proud of. And it's something you should really be proud of because, like I said, the craft of the film is just exceptional. And something that I really love about it is the use of colour in the film. Chris, mm-hmm. how much does a giallo um, uh, style of filmmaking influence the, um, the, this movie? Because I, I definitely feel a little bit of influence, especially in regards to colour schemes in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Connor and I uh, sat down early on in the process and discussed how color was something we wanted to be really symbolic throughout the film. Uh, And typically when you think of, let's say, for example, um, there there were certain scenes where we wanted things brightly lit in white. uh, And instead of that being like the angelic, heavenly um, tone that that would typically give off of of like purity, we instead wanted to be like bleakness. 
uh, uh, and and desperation. And uh, Connor, if you want to continue to touch on that as well. Yeah, just to answer the question, Jello plays a huge influence on on both of us. You know, we're huge Argento fans. Uh, Fulci is another name. Like uh, I think a few few months before, we were cranking through the Beyond, a couple other Fulci movies, New York Ripper, uh, and yeah, I mean that plays a huge part. And 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 their method of shooting, I know Argento did this too. It's just like it's very style over substance, um, and they work quickly and just do as much as they can with as little as possible. And that was um, a big influence on us. And then also just the fact that, you know, Jello is a genre. It's mm. the thing that's so appealing to it, uh, appealing about it is that, is that you genuinely do not know where the movies are going. And, and a lot of times that's to a fault. Like a lot of people's complaints about the genre is like, you know, it's, it's so meandering. These twists don't make any sense. Like everything is forced, but that's you have to buy into that. That's the yeah. fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just it's so fun to watch a movie to me that you know it it might be lacking in some areas, but then they just have these like crazy moments where, I mean, the first time I watched uh, Deep Red, like that was just such an insane movie, and and I just I wanted to you know we wanted to really capture the feeling that you feel watching those movies. Um, yeah. And it was a bit of a love letter to all those films as well. And I think that um, nowadays everything's so, so plot oriented that mm -hmm. this opportunity allowed us a space to experiment um, outside the confines of like commerciality or needing to abide by like studio restrictions. This was kind of our sandbox. Um, and we wanted to pay tribute to all those films that we, we grew up loving um, so I think, I think that hopefully that comes across as our inspiration in this. Another great thing, Chris, that this movie does is that, you know, horror movies have a, a proud tradition of really kind of, um, taking what's uh, reality and kind of morphing it in some kind of twist away on, on the screen. And, and of course, we, we, this film deals with the, with the whole kind of what's happening now with the whole COVID situation. And th there's a couple of really cool, um, lines from the movie, um, one is um, time doesn't seem to matter anymore. And another is what's out there is scarier than what's in here. And, and, and as someone in Sydney, Australia, who's currently in our 12th or 13th week of lockdown, um, quite strict lockdown conditions as well, put on top of that, it's, those two quotes are really something that kind of struck me uh, as well. Um, you know, the characters, your world, it really, really does... Um, create the tension and really does create that feeling that we're kind of like living in an alternate reality. We're living kind of like in a bubble world. How important was it to really get that tone right, get that kind of structure right, and also really kind of talk about mental health um, in regards to what people are going through in lockdown and also the nature this can have on relationships as well? Because above everything else, this is very much a, a domestic drama, this movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think those were those were our preliminary conversations right there when we were talking about what is this movie really about as it at its core. Um, and I think uh, Connor will mention as well as me that Possession um, is one of our references is the greatest breakup film of all time. Mm. Um, but going into the, the construction of this film, I think we were all experiencing this. This was in the budding weeks of the pandemic. 
when for us things had just officially locked down um and there were a lot of unknowns like we we there hadn't been any real deep research on the virus yet we didn't know what it could morph into uh and there there wasn't any certainty so for us it was this idea of um let's take the things that are certain our our uh, our in, in interior environment and uh, let's leave the fear of the unknown um out in the open where the characters um, felt safer staying in an environment that they typically wouldn't be comfortable staying in, um, as opposed to venturing out into who knows what lies beyond the walls. Um, and I think we, we definitely exaggerated it to a, to a slight degree by adding in things like rolling blackouts, which for a brief period of time was a thing in California. Yeah. Um, and, and other small elements just to heighten the stakes and heighten the suspense um, set in an alternate timeline, the worst possible yeah. outcome of, of virus. Yeah, but you know, at its core, yeah, we wanted to keep it as true as possible with with what we were experiencing at the time. There's another great movie, uh, Messiah of Evil, that was a p- pretty big uh, inspiration of ours, and and I think that movie really captures this sort of strange post hippie environment where there's just this kind of you know, it's a very lonely film and you're kind of just watching these characters drift through this this town which seems to not exist in any plane of reality that has like real time and events that pass by and, and they captured just this feeling so well. It's kind of this inexplicable feeling that, you know, we wanted to do our best to try to capture as well. Well, you guys done a really great job with this movie. For everyone out there listening, Shelter in Place, currently available in digital, both in the US, in Australia Australia as well. Um, and I really recommend people check this film out. It's such a beautifully crafted and performed movie. And um, it really is a movie that really taps into the themes of what's going on today and does it in a really, really interesting and, and unique way. And uh, Christopher and Connor, I thank you both very much for your time today. And look, congratulations with this film. Uh, you guys did great job, uh, great job there. And um, I can't wait to see what you guys have in the future. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Yes, thank you.